Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. Hello and welcome to another episode of All by the Popcorn. I'm Emily. And I'm Alessandra. And today we are talking about both First Man and Apollo 13. Two movies that could not be more opposite. (laughs) More opposite, but like, but was kind of nice to watch one after the other. Yes, I agree. Like, I liked doing that. Me too. I think that it was a good idea to watch First Man first and then watch Apollo 13. Because it was literally right after the events in First Man happened. Uh, yeah, it was It was really good. And I, I just felt like I knew stuff. Like, I just I just knew all... Because I'd never seen Apollo 13. Yeah, me neither. Oh, okay. All right. Yeah, so it kind of like... Every person who I told that to was like, What? It's a classic. I'm like, is it though? I know, me too. I was like, <laughs> guys, there's only like a million and five movies out there to watch. Like, geez, give me some time. I'm trying. I mean, I'm trying to watch them all. We're getting there. I we're, we're getting we're, there. We're totally getting there. <laughs> this podcast is helping. It we're is. watching movies. Um, so I would just like to uh, talk about my experience going to see First Man, if you don't mind. Um, so no, I do not mind. Go ahead with this wonderful AMC A list that we have. Um, unfortunately, we can't go see, you know, a lot of the, uh, we can't see the independent films until they come into the AMC theaters, which usually takes about a month. So, uh, just on a, as a side note, last week I saw Beautiful Boy because I could not stand not seeing Timothy Chalamet for like another month. Um, and no, I had I'm to pay my for best. that. I tweeted. <laughs> I'm trying my best to get it in there. Yeah. I had, the to, I had to pay, but I only had to pay like $15. So it wasn't so bad um, because movies here are very expensive. And uh, First Man at the AMC, uh, the Lowe's Theater that I go to on Lincoln, in Lincoln Center, um, they had had a premiere that day. So all the tents were all set up because it's a very nice theater. Um, And I was like, oh, this is really cool. And you have to go all the way to the top floor because there's like four floors of this place. And it's like... The top floor is the entire IMAX theater, and uh, I got this IMAX showing of this movie, which would have been twenty six dollars if I had not used my a- AMC A list pass. Um, oh man! And I swear to God, I bet all the people that were in that theater were all AMC A list people because I don't know who the fuck would pay that much money to go see a movie like that. You know, it, it makes sense, but it, I don't know. That's a lot. I'm just saying. Yes. I mean, no, this thing has definitely, one, made me want to go see more movies because I was spending so much money a month, like, trying to watch all these movies that we needed to watch. Mm, yeah. And, like, this is this is saving me money, honestly. It's super great. We should, we should really get a sponsorship. <laughs> <laughs> Somebody should pay us to go to the movies? Is that what you're saying? Oh, yeah. A- oh, get yeah, AMC please. to sponsor the podcast so that we can go see movies? 
at AMC. Yeah, and then, well, then we'll just rave about A-list, which I'd be happy to do because yeah. it's amazing. It really I, is great. Um, so anyways, so I saw it in this amazing IMAX theater. They have this whole area set up with these digital screens, like First Man, the IMAX experience, and... I mean, just from watching this trailer, I would say that the trailer was not the way that the movie actually was, and that the trailer just put all the drama in it, when in real life, like, the movie itself was so much more, um, it was more paced, and just way less drama than you expected, and the drama came from reality. Instead of, uh... I wanna, I wanna say that the that the movie was just more impactful than I feel like the trailer ever was. Because yeah. honestly, I'm trying to think back to even remembering the trailer at all, and I barely remember it. Like it was yeah. not a memorable trailer, but it, it just no, it, it it just seemed it just still seemed like a good movie to watch. And of course, Damien Chazelle, like, gotta go see this movie. Um, yeah, but but the movie just in turn was so much so much more impactful than the trailer ever was. But um, which is I guess it sucks that you know they had this trailer promoting it, but it was still a really really good movie. Yeah, I I it's taken me a couple days and and also after watching Apollo thirteen to realize that it really was a really good movie. And honestly, I mean at first I was just it gave me a lot of anxiety, a lot of emotions. And it it was purely just because of the way it was shot, honestly, um, which was a, a lot of extreme close-ups. I mean, like, 90% of this movie was extreme close-ups on people's faces. I mean, or hands, or eyes. I mean, Ryan Gosling's eyes were most yeah. of the movie. They really were. And it, it kind of seemed the same way with Apollo 13 as well, just because, like, these, these astronauts are in such tight tight quarters that you kind of need to feel that closest closeness like that claustrophobia that like tense very like cramped feeling yeah, I mean I would say that Apollo 13 did not do it in the way that that first man did because there was no, that's, so much so many so many tight shots in in first man and it felt so claustrophobic like when you're watching it you feel like you're in that cockpit and there's no space to breathe or move and I I you know and every single moment was even more impactful because of that and obviously yeah. we're comparing a movie from 2018 to 1995. I mean there's it's not going to be the same. I'm not saying that Apollo 13 wasn't a good movie because it was, but you know, there's very different. <laughs> yeah, they're yeah, cuz you know, the these directors are both very different. I feel like they got very different viewpoints of the astronauts, which I really enjoyed. Oh, yes. Like it was it wasn't which I didn't want to watch the same thing twice. Like no. the like first man again was it's very, was very anxious. Like I I know little to nothing about like the NASA program, like what the like I kind of had an idea of what the astronauts had to go through for like training, but this this like really put it into perspective oh, a yeah. lot. Oh yeah. And it was and so it was emotional. crazy. Yeah. 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 Very emotional. And I had my own experience while watching First Man. I'm not gonna say it was a positive one. Mm, yeah, what um, happened? Tell me about that. Yeah. Did I tell you? No. Okay, so it happened during the last like twenty minutes of the movie. Like they were a uh, landing on the moon. And it was just kinda weird. It was like a Sunday morning. Or no, Saturday morning. And it was just... There weren't that many people in the theater. The movie had been out for a while, so we were, like, in the very back of the theater. And it was... 
and you know this movie was already making me like very emotional because that's what Damien does he like does this to you and um <laughs> yeah and so this wasn't helping because uh, I was already like very anxious during like some of the more you know anxious purposefully anxious scenes but yeah, yeah. so it all started when, like, our AMC, like, one of the AMC cast members, like, came in and looked in on the room. And I was like, okay, that's a little weird. So, okay. And, and Alessandra's already aware of this, but I'm very observant of, of anyone who's making a disturbing noise, making, moving, standing up. I, I, I observe everyone who gets up to use the restroom, because to me, we're in a movie, you shouldn't be moving. This is this is odd behavior for us sitting down watching this movie. Together. I go to the you bathroom should not be moving. all the time in movies. Uh, it's I, I understand that people need to use the restroom, but don't like I'm aware of you. Just so you know, like if we're <laughs> in a movie together, I know that you're getting up. I watch you leave the the theater, and I watch you come back. So yeah. just so you're aware, I'm aware of my surroundings. And so, first thing, the cast member comes in and looks in, and I'm like, okay, that's a little weird. Maybe I don't know. Um, and this happened, like, pretty, like, in the middle. Like, this movie was very long, so oh, yeah. I can't really... It, it was two and a half but, but, hours. Yeah, but they came and looked, like, pretty early in. And I was like, all right, that's a little weird. And then I noticed that these these two teen boys just kept coming and going, like, three what? to four times. Were, were they sitting yeah. above you or below you? They were, they were sitting above me. So they were walking down the and, steps. Yeah, and so they were, just walk, they were just walking in and out of the theater a few times. And I was like, okay, whatever. They're getting up. I don't know why they're coming in and out so much. But then it seemed like they had grabbed their stuff and were, like, leaving. So I was like, okay, maybe they didn't like the movie. Or maybe they snuck into this movie and, like, the AMC cast member caught them. Like, I don't know. But I was, like, running through the scenarios. And, and then again, towards the end, like, that's kind of when... Th- the things kind of kept happening all together. Like, the cast member came and looked early. And then towards the end, like, the last 20, 30 minutes, the kids were moving around a lot. And then the cast member came in and looked again. What? And then I saw someone standing in the hallway, just their shoulder. Like, they were standing, like, right behind... <laughs> oh, my like, God. Right where the, like, right where the hallway starts to turn and you head towards the exit door. Like, yeah. I saw someone's shoulder and arm... Just standing in the exit hallway. Were they staring at and the movie, or are they staring in the audience? It seemed like they were either looking at the wall or looking a different. It looked like they had their back towards the theater, like their back towards the the screen. And and then I saw that they were holding something, and I was like, "Oh my god, what the fuck is happening?" <laughs> oh my of god, course, Emily. Of course, the worst possible scenario, like, is in my mind that someone has a gun, and this theater is going to be shot up because yeah, because that's exactly what happened to because the Dark that Knight. stuff fucking happens. It fucking happens. And we went and to so, go see the Dark Knight at midnight, and that's when the guy shot up all those people. Yeah, and yeah, and so yeah, that this shit happens. It, it, and so, of course, I was thinking of all the horrible things, and it it turned out to be nothing. I just got the hell out of there because my heart rate was going, like, 85 million beats per second, like, after <laughs> so that. So sorry, Emily. So, like, and I still caught the last of the movie. Like, I know what happens, but it definitely ruined it, like, for sure. Because, Aww. you know, you already know how I feel about going to the movies now and just people being disturbances. Because people are. Yeah. Well, I'm sorry, so, man. I know, and I'm just like, ugh, like seriously, you made me worry for, and then I was worrying for no reason, like you know, it just, uh, uh, uh. <laughs> dude, that sounds so, terrible. I'm so sorry. Just public service announcement: please be respectable, respectful when you're in a movie theater. Like, don't, just, just don't, just don't. Okay. 
<laughs> yeah, that's crazy. And and this is such an anxiety inducing movie that yeah, like, I was already anxious. Like it was already and then I was just and then I was just anxious for the rest of the day. Like I could not calm down. Like yeah. it was just uh. Well, fun fact, uh <gasps> the day after I saw this movie, I had already been anxious when I was going in to see this movie. I came out and I just had other things that were making me anxious. And yeah, the next day I I, I have, like, morning sickness because of anxiety sometimes, and I actually had, like, a fit of, of nausea where I had to, like, throw up. It was, like, it, that hasn't happened in some time, you know, and I I think this had something to do with it because it was such a, you know, dramatic movie. Um, yeah. And it, there was just so much shaking, and I saw it in an IMAX theater, and it's, like... Oh, it that's was, the worst. I, it was just... <laughs> You know, it was good. It was it was a good movie, and I really enjoyed watching it. But it was just it was really hard to to get through it to because watch it's so yeah. so shaky and just so uncomfortable because it feels like you're there. And and the filmmakers did such a good job making you understand the inner life of this man and and what kind of person he really was. Yeah, and, and you know that is pretty incredible. I, I really I mean, the, and yeah, yeah. The writer jo- Josh Singer was just great, and it was based on a book. But I'm just I'm just saying the screenwriter did fantastic too. Yeah, and you know, you know, Damien Chazelle. He's he's always good at hiring those people for some grade A character building. Like, oh just, yeah. Gosh, character development so great. That's why I love watching his stuff cuz yeah. it's just it's just miraculous. Like I like it's 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 amazing. Like, yeah. I I did think that because it was such an intimate single portrait of a man that it, because of that reason it um like there were all those close-up shots and I thought that the through line of uh Neil Armstrong's daughter Karen dying in the very beginning was a really good idea to to keep going throughout the movie and that was the most dramatic aspect um in terms of like emotional um stuff for for the character and Ryan Gosling's the per- perfect person to put in that kind of role because he does a lot of staring as as an actor oh, yeah. Oh, and yeah. he he puts these emotions on his face so subtly in every role that he's ever been in ever been in and and you're watching him, and it's never about how he talks. It's always about his physicality and how he looks and how he interacts silently with everything. And um, he just did a phenomenal job. And I'm sure him and both him and Claire Foy are probably going to get nominated for this movie because they're really great. Yeah, both of them really amazing. And I just love, because, yeah, again, like you said, bringing Karen into, like, the very end, just because it was, it was very psychological, like, and, and mm, seeing yeah. how, and, and seeing not, not just Karen dying, but also, like, being a frequent, like, funeral goer. Oh, like, yeah. That his was, friends That was dying. heartbreaking. The people that he's yeah, working with. Yeah, his friends with constantly dying. Day to day. I mean, imagine, like, if half your coworkers just just got killed at work. I mean, that's terrible. Yeah, these people that you work with for years and you go through these experiences together and you and you learn and and it's and they're just they're just gone and you really just kind of have to 
get you have to get over it pretty quickly as well because mm-hmm. you, you got to get on to the next mission like this mission failed we got to get on to the next one like we're trying and like it's it's man it, it yeah <laughs> well do you want to talk about uh claire foy for a little bit sure um so i guess i guess do we want to kind of just compare them to the to the wives in apollo 13 or do we just want to kind of keep apollo 13 separate until we get there um, I think we should talk about Apollo 13 separately, and, and then we can talk about them comparatively, because th- this is an aspect. Th- there's a lot of aspects that are very, very different. So this this is one of them, yeah. obviously, the wives and how the wives are behaving. Um, and Claire Foy is a remarkably, like, talented actress. And, and a lot, like I said, a lot of close-up shots on her face. Um, do you have anything else to add about yeah. her performance? Um, I guess I just want to say that Claire also has that very, like, expression, very, um, she's very good at expressing as well. Um, probably not as subtly as Ryan Gosling, but still, but still making it aware. And I guess I liked, um, I kind of liked how she didn't play just, like, the, the doting wife. Like, she was just, she wanted she was trying to get him to talk she was trying to get him to work through these feelings that he was having because mm-hmm. he he was he was obviously a very shut off man yeah and yeah clearly. just did not and internalized a lot of things but kind of used it also to motivate him to to reach his own goals but i guess I don't know. I was trying. I was. I was trying to like put towards like what was it? I was reading an article. No, I read a headline that Claire kind of like takes this character and kind of like turns it hmm. in some way. And I was trying to find that. Like I, I know that she she's definitely a lot more invested in him. Like trying to get it more like I, I want to keep comparing to Apollo thirteen, but I'll try not to. <laughs> um, but like you know, compared to other women would have been in this time period or maybe even the wife of uh the guy across the street his friend ed white yes ed white pat white so which i mean you really don't see a whole lot of her but she definitely just seems kind of like more more, cookie cutter yeah more housewife cookie cutter for sure for the 1960s Yeah. yeah um yeah and it did seem interesting it seemed more of like a logical marriage between two people in the 1960s um, because of the fact that he wasn't a very emotional person and he didn't show his emotion very much uh, to his wife. Mm -hmm. And even when he was in the car, she was in the car talking about how he doesn't even... She was talking to Pat and Ed and uh, they asked her about Karen and she was like, yeah, he doesn't even talk about Karen. Like, their own daughter. They don't even... They don't even have any conversations together about their own daughter and how he feels about her death. And, um... Yeah. That just really struck me as... I mean, clearly these people love each other, but they really just... They're in more of a marriage that was a more typical 1960s marriage where people just supported each other whatever they needed, but clearly, like, she wasn't getting emotionally supported, so she had to do everything herself. That's true. And then the scene where... You know, she was tell she was getting mad at him because he was packing because he was about to leave for the moon, and mm-hmm. you know she was telling him like, "You need to tell your boys that you might not come back because I'm not doing it." Yeah, like it's, and, not, it's not my fucking job, you know, basically. Yeah, and and I, I liked I liked that scene a lot just because you know she 
she like forces him to do it because he needs to talk to his kids. Like mm-hmm. he can't just leave and not tell him. And then she has to try and explain this to them. Like, yeah, like he, it needed to come from him. Yeah. Um, and even then he doesn't really say it. They, they just keep asking him questions and he answers like he is a robot. He just, he answers yeah, like really. anybody's asking him questions in any interrogation room. Um, he just he's a very peculiar man you you wouldn't expect somebody like him to be that way um the first man on the moon you know you wouldn't expect him to be just kind of calculating and keeping to himself and just you know of of course there's a lot of really really smart men that are like that and and women you know um who are more just logical thinkers and, and not as emotional um yeah which is again not something we see in in Apollo thirteen. Um, it, it was really kind of refreshing to see these people in NASA as more cold, as more calculated. You know, even the people who, not just the astronauts, but the people who who are own NASA and are calling all the shots at NASA, and uh, it was just not a lot of comedy, just a little bit, you know, but. Really, it's more about getting the job done and and doing it in a more precise way. Well, yeah, and especially kind of seeing how the time periods were different because in First Man, it was all very hurried because it was the space race. They were trying to get there before Russia. And then Apollo 13 was kind of like the aftermath. People were kind of starting to doubt the program and even think if they even still needed it. Like, it was two very separate, like, just atmospheres... One was and, in the, clearly in the 60s, and one was clearly in the 70s. It was, like, two different... Yeah. Yeah. And then... What else did I want to say? Oh, yeah. Back to, like, Ryan Gosling kind of... Uh, or Neil Armstrong, like, kind of not talking about Karen. I'm not sure how soon after Karen died that he actually tried out for the astronaut program, but, like, one of the first things they ask him in the interview is, mm-hmm. you know, sorry about your daughter. Is this going to be an issue? Like, maybe that kind of stemmed I mean I know that he seems like the type of person where he he like kind of just blows up incrementally and then he just kind of but maybe he was more encouraged to shut himself off because yeah. he needed because he needed to get the job done like they needed someone to be ready mm-hmm. for anything mm-hmm. and yeah it uh, seemed like he wanted yeah. to just forget about the pain and put it all into his work and put it all into thinking about work instead and getting to the moon and getting the men on the moon and being the best astronaut he possibly can. And you, you were just saying about that line, and I think the line was, it really was impactful for me, and I remember it very clearly. It was like, um, your daughter just died. And he's like, is that a question? And he said, well, is it going to impact how you, uh, how yeah. you work? And he said, it took him like a second, and then he answered... I think it would be unreasonable. I I think it would. Yeah, he said, I think (laughs) it would be unreasonable to assume that it won't have an impact on me, sir, or something like that. And just the way that he said it was like, he was being straightforward. He was not lying about that. He wasn't saying, uh, no, it's not going to have any impact on me, because who the fuck, that's not true. So, you know, that's why it's a moot question, because it's like, of course it's going to have an impact on my work, but I'm going to try to make sure it doesn't, you know. 
Clearly. Yeah. I'd, I'd, I'd like to see the reference pieces that Ryan used to maybe get into Neil's character. Because now, like, I have a whole different light of, like, Neil Armstrong now and, like, maybe astronauts in general. Just because I think oh, the yeah. first space movie I saw was... I cannot remember what it was called, but it, it was basically at this point, too, where they were trying to um, beat the Russians to space. So it was well, during this time. Well, we also had of... hidden figures as well. That's right. But 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 there was an older move an older movie that I watched at school or something that was also about but what but it, it like all of the all the astronauts seemed to have like personalities because these people had to be put on TV a lot but then you had to have a yeah. specific type of well trained um, like a disciplined person mm-hmm, mm-hmm. to to run to run these uh these trips and you know these simulations and stuff but then they also needed to kind of be very bubbly uh, public figures to kind yeah. of yeah. make people hope about NASA. So it's very interesting. Like if if Neil Armstrong was in fact not like the very social, like very bubbly type, which is definitely being portrayed in this movie. Like mm-hmm. I mean, like Buzz say? was. Buzz is clearly yeah. very bubbly, very likable guy, and uh, Neil but also was very frank about stuff, which mm, was yeah, uh, that's true. Really. Not to his favor, but yeah, he he knew he kind of he he did he knew when it was the most important to like put his comments back and like, but then he like kind of just spit out whatever he wanted to say. Of course, I, I just have to highlight that I love Corey Stoll and I think he's very <laughs> handsome. Uh, <clears throat> all right, continuing. <laughs> <laughs> For for how little we did see Buzz, I did I did like his character a lot. I kind of wish we had more of him. Yeah, but I did like him too. Um, especially especially because he becomes a member of the team. Like, mm-hmm. and they all don't really like him, which which is clear because of the how yeah. frank he talks. But yeah, it, it, it's it's interesting to get this this view of of this something that we really don't have anything. Like you were saying, we really don't know anything about this. This movie made you feel like you were in there with them. You were you were struggling with them, and especially that scene when um, Armstrong and uh, was that guy who what it was, and Dave Scott, who's played by Christopher Abbott, when they were in that um, thing that was spinning so 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 fast that they they yeah. like almost passed out, and they were like in space. Yeah. Oh yeah. my god, that whole scene was incredible. The fact was, that yeah. that Neil Armstrong like got himself out of that situation where this like thing that's orbiting Earth is is spinning faster and faster and faster by the second. And, and they're going to pass out. And if they pass out they die. I mean, there's yeah. I, that was that was That was insane. Like how do you put yourself through that? Like that sounds horrible. <laughs> The fact that like, he, like, went back horrible. up in space after that was, like, fucking nuts. Because he could have died there and then if he didn't figure out how to solve that problem. And he did. I mean, that was crazy town. It and then, felt and then so when he real. was Yeah, and then when he was landing the, the lunar vehicle and it, like, <gasps> blew up. <gasps> and he still went up there. Like, like he, he, even more of a reason to. He's like, he's like, we have to fail down here so we don't up there. Like, it's just... Yeah, yeah he was very committed. It's insane. And gosh, the scene that was was really the most heart-wrenching and then even carried over into Apollo 13 was the was the routine test <gasps> yes. and 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 the fire explosion that was the... so wonderfully shot because it oh was my gosh. so 
scary. It was horrible. It was horrific. It and, was horrific. And the, the door, like, concaving on, on itself, the, like, outside of the, the space shuttle just, like, collapsing in on itself. I yes. mean, that oh my was gosh. so, so heart-wrenching to watch. And then you just, like, see the smoke come out, and you're like, all three of the men in there are now burnt to a crisp. I mean, that was terrible to see. And it looked... I mean, compared to the Apollo 13 one, obviously that was even more dramatic because they, like, put their hands on the windows, like, let us out, let us out. It, it was even worse in in First Man because it's so, so tight in there. And it's like, it, it the, they had no room to even move their arms hardly, you know, and let alone, like, get yeah. out of there. Like, there's just no way. It, it, oh, God. It, it just felt so claustrophobic and already, and, and then... There's the fire catches and it blows them all up. I mean that was just oh god, so so terrifying. Yeah, it was, man, it was horrible. Like that part was just the worst for me. Yeah, so. I think so too. Because also his friend, so his friend Ed, who lived right across the street from him, like died, and they were just talking about how, like to his wife about how like they go to so many funerals and that sucks and and and, uh, and elliot like like the, the other guy that he was like really hanging out with mm-hmm, a lot mm-hmm. elliot oh elliot he, yeah he was great like he was such he a so sweet person <laughs> and they like laughed together too <laughs> like it was adorable buddies like you really didn't see Ugh. neil doing a lot of like laughing or smiling at all like but a couple of the times was when he was with his friends and that was it but um yeah, with his friends talking about space, because even though there was a lot of hard hardships that came with space, he still, he still loved it. Mm-hmm. He still, man. Okay, so uh, if we're done talking about how wonderful the direction and the cinematography and the effects on this movie were, I think we can move on to Apollo thirteen. <laughs> okay, do you want to do Metascores first, or do it, do it at the end? Oh, uh, yeah, let's do Metascores meta for first man. Sweet. Okay, I haven't looked at any of these. I mean, oh, who gave either. it a 60? Get out of here, time. I know. Get out of here, that Stephanie. That is just not true. I read it. Okay, the overall score is an 84. Minus that 60, it would be a lot better. I, I, I really think it, it. without that 60, it'd be like at least 90. What do you think? Or 87, okay. maybe. <sighs> you see, I feel like... I feel like this... This time movie, sh- I mean, this time review should have should have been in regards to La La Land, but that's just me. Totally. Um, totally. Like, like First Man felt so much more important than La La Land. Oh, like yeah. so much, mm. and it was so much better. Like just seeing, oh yeah, because every space movie you see, it's all like you know, happy and joking, and you know, yeah. yay, we made it, we triumphed, even through all the uh, like they never really show music the and shit like that. We had none of that. In this movie, yeah, the music was like this great. It was yes. like that that wonder. It mixed with that wonderful sounds of the moon, like yeah, yeah, the thing. moon sounds. Oh my gosh, which just oh. sounded kind of horrifying in a way. Of course, like, we're, it was scary, we're kind was of haunting, cool, but scary and like alienish, kind of yeah. like it was such weird music. It was, but I like perfect. liked it a lot. Perfect yes. with the movie, and they it, the music didn't happen. You know it kind of did sometimes and in big moments but most of the time it was the cinematography it was acting it was everything that really made this movie dramatic it was not the music you know 
Yeah. Anyway. So, time fucking said. This is a respectful movie, even a genuflecting one. There's never a moment when Chazelle fails to let you know he's doing important, valuable work. But that's the problem. The movie feels too fussed over for such a low-key hero. Like, how can you say that? How could that? you call like, this, him a low-key hero? <laughs> this is the first man on the moon. What's wrong with you, Stephanie? What the fuck like, are geez. you talking about? This is a big deal. <laughs> like, like, what? What? In and context, what? it's like, okay, what, where, what does the moon even really mean? But that's the farthest a human being has ever been, you know? Like, what? What are you, what are you trying to say? I know, and and then yeah. and then also just to immediately say that Chazelle is is he's he's doing important, valuable work. But then he says, like, like what you say, just what she's saying, it just completely describes La La Land. Like, not this movie. Like, what's yeah. wrong with you? Yeah. Like, geez. You're right. Uh, uh. I'm so angry at you, Stephanie. God, <laughs> Stephanie. No, what she thinks she is. <laughs> I'm not saying like this movie's perfect or anything, but damn, that's not that's that's just harsh. That is harsh. She's like saying that Neil Armstrong's not important. A low key hero? Like jeez. Excuse me. <laughs> Excuse you? Like my gosh. Okay, let's do a happy one now. Let's get away from Stephanie. All right. I'm just gonna like gonna forever like say that in a really angry voice like Stephanie. Um, all right, let's do Variety, who gave it a 100. After seeing First Man, it's doubtful you'll think about space flight or Ar- Armstrong's historic walk in quite the same way. True, true. You'll know, you'll know more deeply how it happened, what it meant, and what it was, and why its mystery more than ever still lingers. True, <laughs> Owen. Wow, wow, wow. Wow, Owen, that was beautiful. That was beautiful. Yeah, I was really tearing up. Uh, I teared up a couple times, but I think right when they were about to land on the moon, and right when he, I, I was like tearing up, and then when he actually stepped on the moon and he put his foot on the ground, I actually cried. Like there were tears coming down my face. <laughs> and like, and like he was almost afraid to. Like, like this was it. Like this is what he had trained and prepared for and it's about to be over but then again like just begin like it's like i i can see it being like a very terrifying yet like invigorating moment and we didn't even get to see his face like he had the the shiny part of his mask on for that part so it was all about just knowing what we knew about him already and seeing him before and and then you, you knew that this was, especially when he dropped his, his daughter's bracelet in the in the crater, it was like he was letting go. It was, it was a perfect, like, idea to, like, put to put something so emotional through it and all the way to the moon, you know? And in, the, in that sense, it's kind of a cliche concept, but I think it was a great idea. Okay, and then after Variety, I also liked the IndieWire uh, review, who gave it an 83... And the critic was Michael Nordine, or Nordine. Uh, first, first man, 
First Man is an anti-thriller of rare intensity with lived-in performances from Ryan Gosling and Claire Foy, heightening the sky-high drama at every turn. It's not a comprehensive look at, Apo- at the Apollo 11 mission, but revisits the famous story from a more intimate angle, even as it delivers a satisfying ride. So, totally agree yeah. with that. Mm-hmm. Super great. I also Super see great. here that it's uh, edited by Tom Cross, who edited Whiplash. Ooh, so that and I liked how sense. I liked how Whiplash was edited. Oh well, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> obviously because I love Whiplash. That's way a too good much. movie. So good. It's it's still my favorite Damien movie by far. Oh god, yeah. so good. Of all the three Damien movies that you know, yeah, uh, yeah, of the, yeah, of the three I know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we gotta watch more. What else? I mean, he hasn't done a whole bunch. No. Um, he really hasn't. He's pretty young, so. Yeah. Well, young I guess. Young and a genius. I guess we could talk about Apollo 13 now, because yes. this movie is incredibly different from Apollo, or from First Man. Um, oh, yes. So different. So it was made in 1995, so therefore it has literally all of the 1995 eccentricities of huge swelling music dramatic very very vibrant performers and really likable people and just everything is just so so colorful yeah these these uh these characters are definitely a lot more colorful than in uh which is well no because they're they're just like they're bubblier. They're happier. They're you. You still yeah. see them when when they're running into obstacles and when they have very important decisions to make and stuff like that. But again, that's more. I mean, it's more positive for like at least the beginning, and then it just gets very dramatic, very very dramatic. Well, it just doesn't seem like they're taking their job as seriously as the ones that are in first man but then it's probably because we're not seeing that side of the men in first man we're just seeing like the more serious side um but in in the apollo 13 it starts off with them watching the um astronauts in that actually land on the moon neil armstrong and buzz aldrin and you get like the whole party and there's like champagne and you know there's other astronauts there and everything like that so it's it's just kind of like interesting that they're all like mingling in this party setting when it's such a sterile setting in first man yeah because that because at this time i mean yeah everyone's celebrating that man is now on the moon and everyone reached their goal and then also i mean the movie also kind of starts off by joking, like, you know, if if there will be an Apollo 14 mission, because Tom Hanks, uh, Jim Lavelle, was originally assigned to Apollo 14, which mm-hmm. people were thinking that, that the missions were going to get, gonna get defun- like, unfunded, defunded, yeah. and, like, cut, yeah. basically. Like, and, at this, and they do at some a, point. A downturn, really, because I wish they'd kind of, like, played on that a bit more, because, you know, a lot of these really great aspects came out of like this downturn of NASA that they really could have played on like the yeah. them not being broadcast like like they were going to be showing everyone around the Odyssey mm-hmm. and the Aquarius and then people thought it was going to be boring like yeah no one was interested like, in would, men being in what? space i'm like are you fucking kidding me it's like what 1971 or something like that like are you, why wouldn't you think that was interesting <laughs> 
I'm sorry. Yeah. It's always interesting. There's even today. It's like extremely interesting to w- just watch people do things on the ISS. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Honestly, like, why would no one want to? Like, why? I I don't understand. And then, and then just people like cracking jokes. And I we get we did get a little bit of that with First Man because you know a lot of money and a lot of people were dying coming into this, and you know a lot of the government officials were kind of bringing up like you know, why should we keep funding this? Like, why, like, give us a reason, and then... Mm-hmm. They do bring it up in First Man, and the people also rebel against people even going to the moon. They're like, why? Why would we do that? Like, what What does it mean? And they're like, it's just good for humanity. Like, even, like, Neil Armstrong can't go- have a good answer when he's at the White House, you know? Yeah, because it's really, it's such a, it's such a personal feeling and such a personal, like, I mean, yeah, a lot of people aren't going to feel the same way, but, I mean... The people who are really adventurous and want to explore and learn more, like, yeah, of course they'll want to do it. Yeah. This but is, like, I'm, right up their alley. There was a reason why they didn't they didn't continue funding missions to the moon, because they're useless. Like, there's nothing to do there. Like, it's, it's just That's something true. we had to do once, twice, maybe three or four times, whatever. But honestly, it's kind of a waste of money. It's really just, there's nothing that it can give us that just space can't give us. So why go all the way to the goddamn moon? You know what I mean? Yeah. But Unless I you're going to colonize now... the moon. I mean, that would be like the reason, you know? Yeah, that's true. But anyway. Still, it's, it's, good, it's good to find out. It's good to, it's good to explore. Well, that's what they loved in Apollo 13. And we got a lot of that from like Tom Hanks's character because he like, in these extremely dramatic like dream sequences he was like imagining himself on the moon and these like big swelling moments and then he also felt like things were going wrong he could see everybody flying out the hatch and stuff like that you know it was just like so dramatic scary very scary scary thoughts to have before you leave of course you're gonna have those thoughts i mean you could probably imagine everything that's gonna go wrong like what happened when they all got imploded you know in that shuttle thing yeah Jeez. Yeah. And then, um, uh, and then again to, to talk about kind of like my favorite part of the movie was definitely watching Ed Harris and all the other scientists like kind of figure out how to bring them home. That was, oh, yeah. that was, that was definitely it's the best part of, of the movie. The best part. Like when, yeah. when they had to figure out how to fit a square filter into a circle filter <laughs> hole yeah. with, with only items they had on the shuttle. Like, or on the the ship and everything. Like, that was insane to watch. And watching these people, like, sleep in the Houston Center, like, in in NASA. Mm -hmm. And, and, like, and just never leave. And just are constantly working. And, you know, people frantically saying, like, these men need to sleep. Like, having someone every five minutes, like, their their character needing to say, these guys need to sleep. Like, how important is that? Like, this is all information that they need. They need every every piece of information that will keep them alive they need they needed everything yeah and it was so it it was great in that way and i the screenplay was phenomenal in that sense i mean like i said it's very dramatic it's very 1995 but really it's a great screenplay i mean the it's based on the book by jim lovell and jeffrey kluger but like the actual like story itself is so good. I, I gotta see who the who the screenwriter is because it is super good. William Boyles Jr. and Al Reinhardt. Okay, well we know that Ron Howard directed it. He even put his brother in it 
<laughs> which he puts in all of his movies, including Solo. Oh, really? Yeah. Um. Uh. Oh, the. Oh, wait. Gene. Yeah. Oh, no, he he he, he put who in it? He put his brother in the movie, who's, you know, um, the Clint Howard his brother. He's um, oh. He's also in Solo as the guy who is doing the robot fights, the droid fights, and then L3 goes over and, like, smashes his face against the, the like, side of the match ring. Oh, I was seeing, uh, someone else has the last name Howard, uh, Blanche Lavelle, uh, Jim Lavelle's mom. Oh, <laughs> she was, maybe that's she their was mom. So cute. <laughs> she was so cute. She was, like, my son is supposed to be on the TV. That He's was in space. So, and she was so, so cute. Oh my gosh, I could, I was dying. I was yeah. dying. That, that whole thing. She, like, had, <laughs> she had just, like, a squishy little face, and I just wanted to, like, hug her. She was so cute. <laughs> yeah, um... But yeah, I, yeah, I did. I also trivia. would like to say I loved, I loved all the the three main characters and Gary Sinise, um, who his character, Gary Sinise's character, um, wouldn't. Oh, that's right. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. He's he got the measles, was it? Yes. Or he was. He, he had yes. didn't have the measles, but he like was tested positive for the measles. Or no, he he was around someone who got the measles and he'd never gotten them. So they so the doctors were sure that he was gonna get them by the time they were coming back from the moon and they couldn't have that. So, so. they pulled him from the mission. Yep. Like two, two days, days before. before they were leaving. <laughs> yes, and 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 Ken, yes, uh Gary, he was so amazing. I wanna watch more movies that he's in because this guy is phenomenal and he and honestly, not going on the mission was their greatest asset for getting back because he knew the ins and outs of the mission, and he and he knew how to work the simulator to to have it work in their favor to get them back. And it was it was crazy. I yeah, loved his character. They Ken, wouldn't have uh, been able to get back without his guidance and the getting him having run the simulator for those days to make sure that they could get it down. I mean, that's crazy. Yeah, and, and knowing exactly what they needed to have running because they were trying to count, like, how many amps they could have going. And mm -hmm. and I loved this. I loved watching all of this because they're just like, no, we're over the amps. And then Ken would be like, fuck, start it over. Yeah, start it over. Start and then he over. would, like, try to think of all the ways that they could get their energy so that they could make it down. Um, and, of course, uh, so Kevin Bacon took his place, who's, like, the Bachelor of Space, um, um, and then Bill Paxton, who's baby amazing. Bacon. Oh my god, I love Kevin. And uh, rest so in peace, much. Bill Paxton. Um, oh, Bill. Bill, call me by your name is uh, is dedicated to him. By the way. Oh, is it? Oh, <laughs> yeah, it is. How how cute. You know, so that. Ooh, Ap Apollo thirteen is one of Ron Howard's favorite favorite uh, of his own films. That makes <laughs> That's sense. A little, it's a good movie, yeah. and you know, it I really think, is. Um. I, I did love Tom Hanks. Yeah, him and uh, Gary Sinise. Gary Sinise is in, uh, just the year before, they were both in um, uh, Forrest Gump together. Because he plays, um, what's his name? Tom Hanks is... Uh, is Forrest. Yeah, it's, Tom, Tom Hanks, Hanks is Tom Forrest, Hanks is but Gary Sinise is... Is a Lieutenant Dan. Yeah, Lieutenant Dan. <laughs> That's what I was trying to say. Lieutenant Dan! Oh my Lieutenant gosh, Dan. I love Lieutenant Dan. <laughs> Lieutenant um, Dan. And then he he does take, like, every every single person in this whole, like, NASA situation was, like, trying to help them out and everything. 
And it definitely was the best part. And I was pretty shocked that they got hit so early in the movie because I didn't expect that the problem would come of, like, basically one-third of the movie is where where the issue starts. I mean, there's really, like, everything's going fine up until then, really. Mm-hmm. And then yeah, because they, they were, get, I think... They blow their, like, CO2 thing, or their oxygen. Yeah, they were stirring the oxygen, and because of a faulty uh, wire, or, like, a... That, that happened months ago... Like just when like years. when the, he said it was years years ago when the in the narration the at the end of the movie being, yeah hey nineties in the in the narration exactly <laughs> the very dramatic narration <laughs> such dramatic narration I was like okay is this movie gonna be like this but it was just in the in the beginning and the end it's like the swelling music and just like the triumphantness oh, about it oh I, I like this trivia um, it says the line that Jim Lavelle asked his crewmates. Gentlemen, what are your intentions? Mine are to go home. Mm-hmm. Um, apparently, it needs some context. So, while Lavelle actually said this, it seems slightly forced and out of place, which I don't think I remember that being. Uh, I don't know. I, I I thought it was very like stern. Maybe yeah, I it was so, fine. It's, maybe that's what it. It said this is because when he said it on the mission, they were just coming out from the far side of the moon, oh. and had a critical engine burn coming up. Since it was <sighs> Jack Swigart's and Fred Hayes's first mission, uh-huh. they were taking pictures instead of preparing for the burn. Oh. That's why Lavelle said the line, adding, "If you don't, if we don't get home, you won't be able to develop your pictures." Uh, I get it. Okay, okay. Yeah, it did seem a little stern in the fact that they both, they all seemed pretty into it, and he said that. Yeah, I I don't remember. Oh, uh, so, okay, so they were actually paying attention, and that's when he said it? Yeah, that's that's what it is. That must have been it, because, yeah, I don't remember him saying the picture part afterwards. No, he didn't say the picture part. I think that they were talking, basically what happened was, uh, Tom Hanks had had this, like, vision of himself on the moon... Stepping on the moon, leaving a footprint on the moon, and then he was like... That's right. <laughs> he did. <laughs> That's what happened. He did. He did. And then, and then he started talking to the boys, and he was like, damn, I really wanted to go to the moon. And they're like, yeah, well, we did too. And then he's like, well, we gotta remember that we all want to go home, right? And they're like, yeah. <laughs> like, that's what it was. So, it kind of, like, was out of place for that situation, because it just felt like it was basically Tom Hanks... Like a Jim Lovell's character talking to himself, like he was, he was just like, I want to go home. I don't want to go to the moon, even though like he could have gone to the moon and they all would have died. Yeah, because they could have, if they wanted to, probably gone to the moon and then just died there, you know. Um, But they decided to go home, obviously, because that's like they weren't going to do that, Um, you know. But yeah, I think that was the idea. And then, uh, what else did I want to... Yeah, are we going to talk um, about the, the women in this film? Like, the only women in this movie? Oh, yeah, sure. Uh, uh, the wives? The wife? Yeah, the, the wives and then, like, the, the, the kids. girl... The, whoever the girlfriend was at the time of, uh, of Bacon. Mm. Well, she doesn't count, uh, but... Oh, my God, that line oh, yeah. in the beginning of the movie where Bacon was, like, talking about the space shuttle Do- like docking, docking with, the, the with the Aquarius oh, oh my god, my god. The girl was so like, ridiculous he was like when this goes in it's like nothing you ever felt or something like that and it was just so ridiculous that that was like one of the first lines of the movie 
I know. I was like, oh man, Kevin, are you? Is this is this really going to be you? There was also a. T- I got, I'm sorry. We're, we're just. This is so all over the place. But there's also this other line that Bill Paxton says that was so yeah. ridiculous. It was like say. he's like, oh man, are you hungry? And and Bill Paxton was like, yeah, I could eat like the ass of a rhinoceros oh, right now or yeah. something like, like that. Jeez, and I was what like, was that what fucking line? I could eat the ass of a rhinoceros right now. Like, <laughs> it was really what stupid. The fuck? Like, you don't say yeah. that. You say I could eat a horse. You know, like you don't say that. Just made no sense. <laughs> yeah, I also, I also, um, uh, Jim, Jim Lavelle's kid, the did the it son? when when he was asking him about the fire explosion and yeah. like whether or not that was fixed. Like, I don't know. That seemed like a very very intense question for a kid for a kid his age to be asking. That well, was just me, though. Like the same thing happens with the son of Neil Armstrong because well, his yeah, son, but he's but he's like he's like twelve, isn't he, or thirteen or something? Yeah, or is he I mean, than I that? think he was like thirteen, and the younger one was like five or six. Yeah, I think uh, I think the kid uh, Jim Lavelle's kid was like what seven, six. Yeah. And he's, like, showing him the hatch, and he's like, so what happened, Dad? And he's like, uh, well, there was a fire, and there was, like, electrical problems, (laughs) and it seems like that's the downfall. they couldn't get the hatch open. Every single time we've had a space explosion, which has happened several times, it's because of some faulty wiring. um, Yep, faulty wiring, some... (laughs) What happened with the uh, Columbia as well, and so, like... It's it's not good. Like they really gotta make sure that doesn't happen. Oh my gosh! And in First Man, when they had uh, what was it the the Time Magazine headline where it was like our wild ride in space. Yep. <laughs> yeah. And I love that. Um, I love the end of it. I loved like watching the men in quarantine, just like feeling the the difference them being at home in this like quarantine room with all of these different newspapers from around the world talking about them in space it was so emotional you know oh yeah yeah i mean i i think i i asked my nona once i said i asked her i was like nona did you watch the when the men landed on on the moon and she was like oh yeah they they like shut down school like we all watched it and i was like that's awesome nona she's like yeah we were so excited yeah (laughs) everybody should be excited Yeah, um, so... Um, I, and that, but to, to get back on track, uh, talking sorry, about the women... I went way out of... I'm <laughs> we, sorry. I forgot for, like, a second, and I was just like, okay, we're, we're over here now. Yeah, all right. Um, I mean, I really don't have all that much to say about them. I mean, yeah, uh, was it Marilyn? Definitely seemed uh, kind of like... Kind of like how Claire Foy was maybe playing hers. Like, she definitely was the kind of like the the main wife that you looked at i mean the other one uh bill paxton's wife was just a the pregnant one yeah constantly crying and well she was like a month away from giving birth so yeah and yeah and then just to think of of what her mind's going through while uh, all this horrible news is being broadcasted I couldn't believe that this woman who was who was the wife of Tom Hanks was like, I don't know how she was keeping it together. I, I don't, 
I mean, I don't, I don't know. She she was like walking around. She was like talking to people. I'm like, no, 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 lady. Like, you would be a mess. Like, there would just be no way you'd be able to keep it together for like five days where your husband's like gonna die. You know, it's like prolonged. That's crazy. Too. Yeah. Yeah. I also kind of liked how uh, the difference between First Man and Apollo 13 where kind of the wives treated the news because I would suspect and totally assume that the news would just be horrible during this time. Like just constantly, constantly badgering you about questions and, Mm -hmm. and, you know, are you worried about your husband's safety? Like a fuck yeah. Are you dumb? Like. And they like, all had to pretend what kind like of a it was stupid. Question great. is that? Yeah. And uh, Claire Foy was so cute when they asked her. They were like, "Oh, um, something. What did she? She said something really punny. It was really cute. Um, it was like or something about out of this world or something." Yeah, She's like, "I bet it'll be." Yeah. What was it? They asked her some question about like, "How do you think? Uh, how do you think it's going to go?" Neil or feels something right now or like something. That. Yeah. Yeah. And he, she's like, "Well, it's going to be out of this world." That was cute. Like, and. They also kind of mentioned her that the wives did uh, in Apollo 13. They mentioned Neil Armstrong's wife, and they're like, oh, man, that Patty must be going crazy right now. You know? Or so uh, something Janet. about that. Janet, yeah. Um, yeah. And, uh, just and then how we got it? How we got the little the little cameo of uh, of Neil and Buzz uh, <laughs> yeah. when they when they were talking to Blanche? She's like, like, "Are Mom. you part of the astronaut program too?" Like oh she my. was so cute. Oh, oh my god. god, that was just too much. That was like way too on the nose. You know, like it really was. But you know what? I'm not complaining. But it, she was you know, too again, adorable. I'm going to reiterate that this 1995 movie was made in 1995 it was very theatrical <laughs> it is a very yes. very hollywood film you know it's not very. it's not like first man which is a very art film film it's it's just completely like we're gonna tell a great story about these men who against all odds survived and and went all the way around the movement and back home and survived the unluckiest mission ever it really was they just got so unlucky but the fact is that they didn't blow up in the middle of space and they continued to get themselves home on the the like the ship that wasn't even meant to go through the the atmosphere in the first place no so yeah, no i mean that was crazy anyway um just just a and it's just so epic. yeah it's so yeah it's so funny like seeing how these men were just talking about how you know like the the ship wasn't made to do this and he's like i don't want to know like what it can do i want to know what it can do and yeah, it was just so ah uh, ed harris man ed harris was so, was so it, it took good. me like 20 minutes emily no lie to realize that I, that was ed harris i was seriously watching and i was like what i know this guy where do i know this guy yeah. from and i was like holy shit that's ed harris he looks so yeah. different without all of his wrinkles yeah <laughs> he's still so handsome he, he's so handsome Man. that guy really <laughs> even even yeah. now he's like old in westworld i love that guy he still he still has a very scary charm to him i i i thought he was but great yeah he in was this movie. he was amazing he really was he, definitely the all-stars were ed harris i mean uh, of course all three of the guys but like ed yeah, harris and and, you, and gary god yeah. Damn. It was so 
good. They were really good. Yeah. So good. Yeah. It was it was a totally different movie than Apollo like than First Man. I mean, it was just a completely different kind of movie. And I'm glad I saw it. I'm glad I, I watched it and they you know, of course it's like a successful trip the most successful failure ever or whatever is what they said. Oh yeah, that's right. They did. In their fucking narrative the narration at the end. Oh my gosh. <laughs> so terrible. It would have been better if they just put the words up on the screen, you know, cuz like that would have been I know, right? Because everything that they were like saying was like also on the screen at the same time. Like I mean, he was like I I think he was like reading a newspaper headline when he like said it or something. Like it was it was it was unnecessary, I thought. <laughs> Did you think that um just just a like question the lady who plays uh Jim Lovell's wife, which is Tom Hanks's wife, Kathleen Quinlan, she was great. I thought she was she was mm-hmm. excellent. Um but didn't it feel like she was older than him? Yeah, it did. It definitely did. So I looked it up, and Kathleen Quinlan, uh, she was born in 1954, and Tom Hanks was born in 1956, so she's only two years older than him. Man, do you think she uh, did a lot of smoking? Because that, that, that's what I, that'll do to you. Oh, shit, yeah, you're probably right about that, because like, her face looked like... She was pretty a, old. A, a leather bag? Yeah, that's what smoking does to you. Yeah. And, like, Tom Hanks's face is like a little baby. I mean, he just made the year before he made Forrest Gump. And, and you know, he looks young the whole movie in Forrest Gump. Yeah, he was still a gooey-faced baby. Yeah. And, I mean, I've seen him, like, in the 80s, and he looks like that. But, like, truly, though, he, he just looked a lot younger than his wife in this movie. He did. He he. Re- I yeah. I definitely noticed that as well. It, it she was really great though. The makeup yeah. was terrible. Oh yeah, with the with the like the blue eyeshadow. Oh wow. Yeah. I mean, they were just uh, really going for like that seventies vibe in this movie. Yeah. And which you know, in the Damien Chazelle when they were really going for the sixties vibe, like it really got that. Like this, just like <laughs> you know, oh man, all their outfits. I mean, it. it the wife in, of Neil Armstrong, like Claire Foy, wears the same kind of dress the entire movie. Yeah, I don't think she. I mean, she. I think she wore something a little bit more circle skirt, but then she was kind of very like tight, very uh, like uh, like a like a pencil skirt or like a very fitted, like structured, very structured outfits. She wears very fitted dresses that go up to her neck that don't have sleeves, and uh, and flats. And her hair is cut quite short. Yeah, which I feel like was short hair kind of... Was that a style or, or was that kind of odd to see during that time? Because didn't people still know. want long hair? Yeah, I think they wanted more like big bubbly hair. And she doesn't have right? that. Yeah. So... Well, you know, you don't need it. I mean, I'm sure that's what she was like in real life. They, they wouldn't have, you know... They wouldn't have yeah, made they, her... they wouldn't have had a yeah. They wouldn't have made her character look like nothing like her. Yeah. So so, so you know, I've I've moved on to the meta score already. Yeah. Just let's do that. Let's just move on because yeah. I feel like I'm running around in circles with this movie here. Maybe just a little bit because it, it does that to you. Oh it, my god! There's like f- you're just six goddamn one hundreds in here. 
Yeah, but look at the look at the seventy from TV Guide. Like I don't understand how it got a seventy, and then it also has curiously empty and instantly forgettable. Why did you give it a seventy? I don't know. That if sounds like do... it should be a fifty or a forty yeah, or like a forty. Yeah, yeah what that's, is this? That's not what happened. I don't know what the Metascore people are doing over there. It doesn't make any sense. I bet the rest of the article was a little bit more forgiving, because this is clearly not a nice line to pull out of an article. I know, and TV Guide Magazine? TV Guide Magazine, would they ever post a bad review? Did did they do that? Apparently TV Guide Magazine thought it was curiously empty and instantly forgettable, so I don't know. But then gave it a 70. I don't understand. It doesn't make any sense. (laughs) Stupid. Uh, okay, well, I want to read the variety one. It's exceeding, okay. which is the 70. Also, it's exceedingly linear structure, while unavoidable, renders it rather methodical and shallow in characterization. Yes. Yeah. It, it, uh, yeah. 100%. That's, yeah. that's right. <laughs> yeah. 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 You know, you got some stuff. You got like little, little bits from everybody, but really not enough. Not in... Yeah, I'll definitely say, like, the acting was amazing, but, like, the story the story did feel very shallow. Like, they kind of... Yeah, they just, it they, was all about they, the events. They, they dipped in, yeah, they dipped in whenever they felt was dramatically necessary, and then, you know, didn't really... They didn't delve any further than that, so it was it was pretty shallow. Um, but again, loved, loved all the scenes while they were in Houston. It was so great. Um, let's see, what else? Anything else... Perhaps the most, uh, eh, no. These just are very, these are very slim <laughs> yeah, reviews. Scores. Yeah. Yeah. It the just... direction may not be flashy, but it is controlled and confident. The, the frames direction... unfold, <laughs> unfold with with a nonsense nuts and bolts realism that in this era of laser blazing bat planes seems downright welcome. Oh my god, that is the funniest thing I've ever seen. <laughs> what? Because what? of the fact that we were just complaining about how fucking dramatic this movie is, about how like flashy it is, and the fact that this guy's like it's not flashy. <laughs> It's it's a no nonsense nuts and bolts realism. Like what? I'm like no, Uh, no. (laughs) Uh, Okay, Rick. But Emily, think about it. Like obviously, up until 1995, like he doesn't have the full context of 2018 and before to, to compare it to. It's just so funny that we were talking about that exact thing, and then this guy just, like, says it's not like, you know, Tim Burton's Batman or anything like that. Well, yeah, and and again, the other other space movie I saw was way more different and, like, not even, like, much more shallower than than Apollo 13. So, I mean, Apollo 13 definitely seems a bit more real than whatever the hell I watched before. What the hell did I watch? I would not Ugh. say that Apollo 13 is shallow because I, I thought it wasn't a shallow movie. It was actually very well thought out and like wonderfully written and, and everything like that. And I, I mean that the characters are a little shallow, but you know, I think they the were story, still great. They were still well written. Yeah. Like I thought that it definitely got the, the drama across. Oh, I, I watched the right stuff. 
That's what I watched. Okay. Let's take a look. Quick little detour. Uh, the other oh. Ron Howard movie? No, the, the other um, the other space movie I watched. Oh, well, maybe we should have watched that. Oh, damn, this got a 91. <laughs> oh, my God. It's got it's got Ed Harris in it. <laughs> what? Uh, Dennis Quaid, Sam Shepard, and Scott Glenn. Sam Shepard, cool. Yeah, I don't I don't remember this movie being very memorable. But I watched it. Did I watch it in high school? Or did I watch it in? I think I watched it in high school. Okay. It says the story of the original Mercury Seven astronauts and their macho seat of the pants approach to the space program. Okay. Hmm. Right. All right. <laughs> hmm. Sounds sounds fun. All the men are smiling. So okay, great. Well, maybe we should give that movie a watch at some point. Yeah, we're clearly we'll missing out because it. it got a really good med score. I know, right? Now I like want to watch it again, and and yeah. I do. I want to watch it again. And it won four Oscars, so I think that that movie would have been a good one to watch. Let's see. What? Uh, 1983. It could be. It could be. It could be a part of our 80s classics. <laughs> <laughs> so wait. So I. I need to know, Alessandra. Where are we going with the classics? Are Are we just going with like the oldest of the old, and then we're just gonna have to make a new classics? For I think. I think all the classics should be like all movies. In the 1950s and before. Okay. All right. Because I would... And, and then, we'll, then we'll have to do a new, a new classics for when we move into the, the next decade. The yeah. next uh, era. Like, I think that okay. film, film like, really transformed in the 60s and most definitely in the 70s. Oh, is, definitely. Is when it, it really transformed into what we know it is today. Um, so pretty much any time before that is, like, you know gonna have a different flavor for sure yeah well this was fun <laughs> <laughs> you know I really do like this this two movie thing we got going and it was your suggestion that we watch Apollo 13 and it was very hard to find this movie anywhere um which is sad because I really wish it would have been easier for us to find this movie without having to yeah, pay again, for it. Amazon, if you want to sponsor us, like I think I'm gonna, I think I'm gonna buy your uh, or get your your renting a movie. Uh, what is it? Subscription. It's like nine dollars a month, and you can rent any movie that that they have in their database. Oh, um, which has been pretty useful so far. I've rented the last three movies that we needed to watch on on Amazon. Yeah. So. Yeah useful mm-hmm. um if you liked first man or apollo 13 let us know in the comments you can comment on soundcloud just search all by the popcorn and while you're at it leave us a review and follow us and like us um you can also leave comments on our facebook page uh just search all by the popcorn and give our page a like and a follow on twitter our handle is at by the popcorn and on instagram it is at All by the Popcorn Podcast. And uh, also leave us a review on Apple Podcasts, I- iTunes, Apple Podcasts, right? Yep. <laughs> Emily, you were doing so good. I was hoping oh, damn it. this would I be lost your very it. best one, although you've been getting oh. extremely good at, at all of that. 
I, I lost it. I, I try to segue into the next thing. It's a little difficult, but I'm, I'm getting there. Yeah, um, you got it. I'm proud of you. Or if you have any suggestions for future episodes, any movies you want us to watch, you can email us. You can either email allbythepopcornpodcast at gmail.com or allbythepopcorn at gmail.com. Yes, We would please. love to hear from you. Please email us. Please engage with us. We really, really appreciate it. We got a bunch of fun stuff that we just, you know, just let out in the past couple weeks. And we got tons more coming your way. And it's it's great. I love this podcast. We got our, our two-year anniversary coming up this month. So we're really excited about that. Oh, dang. We need to, we need to think of, uh, <laughs> of what we're going to do for that one. That's true. Oh, man. Yeah. yeah, I mean, if, yeah. <laughs> if you have any suggestions, please message us. Yes, please. Also, I'll get that indie edited and out soon. I promise. <laughs> Don't tell them it's not done. Emily, I... <laughs> we were together in it, so it makes no sense that we wouldn't be together, like, weeks afterwards. I just don't have any time oh. to edit it. Well, yeah, okay. Yeah, she, she's very busy. She's getting there. Whoa. It'll, it'll, it's coming. It's coming. Know that it is recorded and it is coming if you listen to those. Oh, yeah. All right. Well, thanks for listening. Talk to you later. Bye. Bye. Hi, this is Craig Robinson from Ways to Win. And support for this podcast comes from Invesco QQQ, the official ETF of the NCAA. Invesco QQQ is proud to sponsor this episode and even prouder to provide access to innovation for the last 25 years. Basketball has had innovations over the years, too. We're seeing the game played in new ways every day. Learn more at Invesco.com QQQ. Let's rethink possibility. Invesco Distributors, Inc.